commence primary ignition. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to yet another X-Wing podcast, a new episode just for you. I am your host, Pete Lambro, alongside Chris. I can't believe it's 11 p.m. Daniel. Chris, how you doing? That's my new middle name and full name. What's up, everybody? No, what's up with you? It's a late night episode. Just to give everyone a little context, uh, we had some technical difficulties. We were supposed to have a special guest. Uh, we got all we got all gussied up. We got our, our internet you know, got connected to the internet, got into our, our recording session, and then my internet crapped out. <laughs> Shout outs to Spectrum, I guess. <laughs> Boo. 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 Uh, but actually, let me tell you a story. Uh, so I did I, I did some live chat. So I, I live up in the boonies. Uh, so there's no cell service at my house. So I had to drive down the road to get cell service, right? Uh, and so I drive down the road and I connect to, uh, spectrums like live chat to see if there's an outage in my area. Right. Cause I did the usual thing. Like I reset the modem, reset the router. I'm like, okay, well it's the modem. There's a problem, right? Drive down the road and I, I connect to live chat. My live chat agent's name. Do you know what it is? What? Cal L. Oh, that's right. Cal, <laughs> Cal dash L. And I was like, and you know how sometimes uh, companies, they'll have like a bot you can talk to where like it'll answer questions for you, right? You know, like like just like an automated answering service. And they yeah, always yeah, give yeah. that a cutesy name. So I'm like, oh, is this a bot? <laughs> um, I'm, I don't think it's a bot. I think it was a guy. <laughs> right? Like so, a live person named like a live person. responding to you. Right. Yeah. And, and so, you know, we, we chatted back a little boy. He's like, oh, there's a temporary outage in your area. They don't have a resolution time. They're working on it. I'm really sorry. Blah, blah, blah. And he's like, once again, I've been Cal L. He's like, thanks so much for reaching out to Spectrum. And I was like, oh, thank you, Superman. And then I logged off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's where you're that's where you're better than me, because I probably would have had tried to have like a long conversation with him. I'd be like, is that your real name? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bet you get that a lot. You know, what's Krypton like? <laughs> <laughs> um yeah my internet my internet's back now um yeah so here we are here we are we're gonna talk and big week though chris big week this week you know why you tell me why Pete. you tell I'll me tell, why i'm gonna tell you why a big week this week because our former guest slash friend of the podcast merrick the pax champion his son frannick the current new york city carcosa club store champion is turning 16 years old Today, when this podcast airs, happy birthday, Frannick. And importantly, maybe more importantly, the family cat is also turning. I have no idea how many years old, but this is this family cat's birthday also on Wednesday. (laughs) And you got to go by cat years, however. Happy happy birthday, Minka the cat, and happy birthday, Frannick. Is it Minka? Uh, That's the name of the cat, Minka? uh, That's what Merrick said. He's a Minka the cat. Happy birthday, Minka. Happy birthday, Minka and Frannick. Uh, but I guess more relevant. <laughs> I outside of the, key, the the biggest news on the, of the biggest Coast, news. yeah. We'll, maybe we'll talk a little bit about the minor changes that have happened in the X Wing world. Recently. Yes, minor changes. Yeah. So the uh, the long awaited rules update. The and and boy, is it a megaton! Like uh, I 
I, I know for a fact, because we talked about this, maybe we talked about this offline, but I know you were not expecting the changes to be so tremendous, right? Yeah, I, I got bamboozled and I feel very wrong. I, I kept telling uh, other people, guys, I don't think it's going to be that big. Everyone thinks the ban list is going to be big. It's not going to be that big. I don't think there's going to be many points changes. Boy, was I wrong. <laughs> well, in, in, in some ways... It's in some ways uh, you were wrong. Um, so the ban- I actually don't think the ban list is that long, if I can say that. Like the the actual ban list. Uh, I don't know. I think it's pretty long, man. <laughs> uh, let me load it up right here. There's what? I mean, well, you're speaking Four, to someone 30, who 30, 30, 40 things on it. You, yeah, you're yeah. speaking to someone who thought maybe there'd be six things on it. Oh, I see. Yeah, well, I mean, it certainly all it it almost all fits into their their uh, philosophy of uh, the dial is sacred. You know, they've talked about that, right? Like the dial itself is uh, is a sacred object that cannot be modified or or uh, you know supplanted or like overcome in any way. Do you know what I mean? Right, but they also they also went on. I think almost movement, like changing maneuvers. That's right. Sacred. Well, yeah, I think, I think that and comes down. I think it comes down to that dial thing. Yeah. Right. And even um, because of the objectives and the satellites on in different scenarios that, that obviously weigh in on the game, positioning mm-hmm. on the board is important. Like Boba Fett, for example, scum of uh, the crew. Yeah. Yeah. So Boba Fett scum uh, and then uh, Han Solo resistance uh, Falcon pilot. Also, he he can do same as Han Solo. He can start any kind of anywhere as long right. as outside of range three. Yeah. Um, yeah. So let's let's talk let's talk briefly about the the big change. The big change is that squad building itself has changed. Right. It no longer are you weighing. I want to co- I want to collectively build a list of two hundred points of upgrades and ships balanced however I choose. Right. Now now our squad building is split into two points pools. There's the the squad value points, which is your ship points that you build a squad up to 20 points. Um, and then there's also each individual ship is equipped with a loadout value that you can build up to that maximum loadout value of upgrades. Right. Right. Um, you know, my, my fun favorite example is Luke Skywalker, right? In the old system, Luke Skywalker cost uh, 60 points, I think 60 even maybe. Maybe 61. Yeah. Uh, now Luke Skywalker costs seven, right? Which is still, you know, that's a hefty price to pay in a 20 point squad. Um, but Luke Skywalker now gets 28 points of loadout value, right? So every time I play Luke Skywalker, I can put proton torpedoes and R2D2 on him and still have points left over to spend on stuff. He also gets a talent slot now, he gets a force slot, uh, he gets a mod slot, right? So like that, that I mean, that is the megaton, right? That is the big change, right? Yeah. How I mean, how are yeah. you feeling about this change? I want to hear I, the, the Chris Daniel opinions. I I mean, I was, oof, I did not expect the points to be this drastic. Uh, when I first saw it, I said, "Holy smokes! I think this is too much. I think it's exaggerated." And I I felt I felt shades of 1.0, where thing was things were quite quite a. Uh, Oppressive, quote, quote, as they say, NPE, too too powerful. Elaborate that a little bit. Did you feel like uh, people were going to be able to make too many broken combos? Uh, yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So specifically, and not like, even 
Not even yeah. so much as broken combos. Yeah, I guess you could say broken combos, just exceptionally overpowering stuff. But after looking at it and playing with it, I think we it's it's everyone. Everyone is going to have uh, yes, it's the, it's, it's everybody's overpowered. It's everybody's overpowered, then nobody's overpowered, right? Right. And on top of that, they've added the scenarios which really add add like like some a, an extra layer of strategy to how you're gonna make your list. Sure. Yeah, I, now I that... just try and kill the other person you could, but you probably will miss out on free points and objectives and that then that's a no no. No, right on. And and to 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 talk about that specifically, so there are there are four scenarios, right? And the scenarios are are a, a format for play, right? There is there is a format in the rule book that's simply deathmatch with no objective tokens, whatever. But the scenarios are are meant to fit what they're calling standard play. And standard mm-hmm. play is also a format for list building. Um, and the best the best way I think to describe standard format is there's two ways there's one there's this black box quote unquote that uh that people were using um and there's also um hyperspace the original iteration of hyperspace limited ships to what had been printed in 2.0 like if it was in print print if it was printed in 2.0 you could use it in hyperspace right that was the original iteration before they went and got very granular and be like well on this ship you can just use the generics and this ship you can use the name pilots right so on and so forth um but it's very close to this black box because things like uh, the Rebel uh, Hawk is available to, to play. Like you could play Janors and Kyle Katarn in standard mm-hmm. play because if I went out to the store and I wanted to buy a model to use on the table, a model and a dial, I could buy that. But I'd be buying the scum version of it, but it's still legal to use as, as a Rebel one. I would just need the card and cardboard to go with it. You know what I mean? Which is available in the Rebel conversion kit. Um, same goes for something like the Resistance Millennium Falcon. A scavenged YT thirteen hundred, right? That's not that is not officially printed in two but um, there the rule reference guide says that you can use interchangeably the Rebel Falcon model for resistance, right? So it like there's a, there's a legal two way to easily acquire the model as a new player. Therefore, you can field it in standard play. Yeah, right? basically, if the, if a ship has come out within two in the exactly. black box. They exactly, could do black box, yeah. And I like um, what they did with the Moldy Crow, making it only for Rebels because that's, that's making everything very thematic. That, yeah, that that does, like, there are some things that kind of stand out as a little weird in that regard, um, which we could get into maybe in a later later date. Um, but yeah, but generally speaking, they're like, yeah, we want it to be, they, they, they did an interview on uh, some other podcast. I don't know. People may have heard of it. Fly better. You heard of this podcast? These fly better guys. <laughs> they rock stop. Uh, no, I'm just teasing. Yeah, they. Um, yeah, they did an interview there that I did listen to. It was very interesting to hear their perspective on it. You know, there's kind of like an order of operations. I'd recommend like if you're coming back to to now two point. You heard the stir. You're like, oh, there's a big hubbub in X wing. I used to play X wing. I'm coming back to look at it. I think some people were diving right into points documents and being really confused. And I think the best order of operations is on the Atomic Mass Games website under the X-Wing documents section, there is a article that details their philosophy on point changes. And then they have this podcast that aired at the same time that is them detailing their philosophy on point changes, right? And then get into the point documents themselves. You know what I mean? Like take a, take a listen at what their goals were and then see the goals in action, right? And and try, and try hands-on. I, I've actually tried... Um, a couple of these scenarios and I mean, they're not that bad. What I found uh, that was 
the positives and negatives. Positive, sure. something different. Uh, I think it, it it it's bringing like more flavor into the game. It's bringing like almost you feel like it's a new game. It does not feel like a two point five. This is a new game. It's three point and we yeah. all have to learn it. We all have that adrenaline of learning the new game. The the negative is it's so new as far as setting up that that took right. a long time. <laughs> it, sure. It's completely new. I, like, I mean, that, and that's the thing to up. keep in mind. Um, so I, I do, I want to go over the, what the scenarios are really quick. And then I want to hear your opinion on playing them. I have yet to play a full game of this, right? I I've watched a couple games played of it, uh, but I, I haven't played it myself. So they all have a thematic name, right? Uh, so there's assault at the satellite array, which is, five five objective tokens scattered around the board there's anytime that we do the five objective tokens scattered one is in the center and then there are two kind of on each player side right so like there's yeah. one there's I'm... there there are two that are kind of oriented towards player 1 and two that are kind of oriented toward player 2 right yeah yeah uh there there is there is you know you can set them up uh, differently. And, and for all the scenarios, you actually set the objectives first, and then you place obstacles and you cannot put an obstacle on top of a, a satellite, right? You cannot put an obstacle on Correct. top of a, you can a put it, objective. Correct. You can put it near it, but you can't put it on top of it. The yeah. short version is you're setting up five. Each round, you will get a point for the majority of ships that are on that obstacle. Like, That's so if I have one. on the satellite, yeah. yeah so, like if I have, control. so if I have two ships or what's mm-hmm. worth two ships on this satellite and you have one that I will get one point at the end of the round. And then that's for assault at the south. And then you get a certain amount of points for killing a ship. And I, we tried this and it was, it was very interesting because positives are, Oh my gosh. All right. I have to kill my opponent. Ah, oh, you know what? Maybe not. You know, I have a satellite right here. Maybe I should just stick around here for a little while. So now you're adding an element of strategy to this, like, Am I going for the objective? Am I going to just try and kill my opponent? The right. negative was I felt like it takes a lot more time to number one, like set up as I mentioned, but number two, also go through all the motions, the movement. Number you also have to count at the end of the round the points for mm-hmm. your for your um, what is it uh, for the satellite. But sure. something something that I noticed that uh, I didn't account for until we played it was. As as you mentioned earlier, you can have a really fat Luke, right? Yeah, yeah. This is something I wanted to bring up as well. So keep going. Right. So now on my my opponent's end, he has let's say for example four fat Lukes. <laughs> so I have right. to look at his list and then think of how to counter it. But I, I have to even understand it. Number one, number two, they opened up the game to where all of these pilots can have so many upgrades. Yep, we're not used to that. So now, no, it's, it's, we're going to need more space for these upgrades. It's more space, but it's, it's time. It's, it's time that I have to say, "What the hell is Pete flying?" <laughs> and then now, <laughs> yeah, right on. I, you have to go over what you're flying, and I have to understand it. And all of this takes that. that I think I don't think they accounted for that, like the time element of of how long this would take. And when I played with James, we played. I think it was five, maybe six rounds. I think we only played five, to be honest. And we were. Did you did you finish the game? No, we, we, you, we you called it for time. We called it for time. Okay, so I want to I want to actually share. I don't want to share the whole list, right? But just on on the topic of so many upgrades, just I had some I had some locals talking about this today. Uh, Kent, shout out to Kent, uh, t- tested out a list. It's four Rebel B wings. Okay, he's got all four named 
Yeah. He's got, uh, he's got Gina Moonsong, Harrison Dula, uh, Braylon Stram and Ten Num in the B wings, right? Mm. B wings though got big upgrades because B wings can take devices now. They can take, they can continue to take a sensor slot. So these B wings all have trajectory simulator and and bombs. I don't know if they all do, but definitely some. The, the, these it's four at least, okay, these four really? at least wow. do, right? So so these these slow chunky B wings are just chucking bombs across the board, and oh, no, right. and They're he he played a game against uh, against Matthew. Shout out Matthew. Hope he's listening. He played a game against him, and and and, and the takeaway is there's just so much to track that the mental load mm-hmm. is a much, much higher thing. So, you know, and, and remember too, like, you know, this system disincentivizes taking generics because generic pilots are, they don't have a pilot ability. They're not substantially cheaper in squad value and they get a lower loadout value. Right. So we're really heavily incentivized to take characters, which is, to you know to to the point of what they said is like that is their stated goal like their objective was like we want to see more named like star wars heroes on the table like characters not gray squadron bomber you know yeah so that makes perfect sense it's it certainly makes sense like it is it there i've definitely heard some people who are like oh you know you know the joy for me was like i someone some people like i really liked playing weird swarms right like Mm -hmm. i really liked taking like kind of a, a weird ship like like a Y wing, right? Like, um, shout out to Lauren from ECG, famous famous for her five Y wing lists, right? Five scum generic Y wings, right? That list is no longer an option, really, uh, when it comes to like viability, because those ships are not cheaper than the named version, and their loaded value is not, you know not going to compare right so you're better off taking four or five named y-wings which are going to be different different initiatives but then in addition to that they have pilot abilities to track right so it's just like there's just a bigger like to your point there's just a bigger mental load on both you and your opponent to remember your own triggers remember your opponent's triggers and and it's basically going to be much easier for your opponent to accidentally you know gotcha with something uh not even intentionally you know Oh yeah, they might gotcha themselves as well. They might gotcha themselves exactly. And, um, that, and, that, and we played the the more the simpler, <laughs> the simpler uh, scenario, not the simplest, but the simpler one. Um, well, so that, I mean, I think they're all pretty straightforward. So the next one to talk about is is probably the most straightforward. It's just called chance engagement. This is deathmatch, right? This is uh, full dogfight to the death. Um, the only way to earn objective points, the only way to earn mission points is there is a single objective at the center of the board. And if no one else is around it, if only your ships are there, you get a point, right? So if, if someone is trying to fortress or not engage or just dodge around the whole time and mm-hmm. you just go to the center, you'll score points and they won't score points and you'll win. You know what I mean? The, the real way to win in that one, though, is killing ships. And and in this one, you actually, they do do half points. Yeah, in, the only um, one that does. In the, mm-hmm. only, in the other scenarios, they don't do half points, right? So in the other scenarios, if you destroy a ship, you get its full squad value, right? So again, our Luke Skywalker example, if you kill an enemy Luke Skywalker, you get seven points, right? Which is like that. I mean, that's a if you can do that effectively for some high value ships, like that's a really good way to boost your score, right? Um. Yeah, that's what we noticed. Like after playing, we said, "Okay." And I've I've only played one, two. I played two scenario games, so I'm not an expert at all. But no. um, it still comes down to dogfighting, beating. Well, yes, beating. yes. I mean, like, yeah. Keep going, keep going. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go overboard on. 
I have to get this objective no matter what. You still have to face face and encounter the other the other opponent's ships. I think I think the idea is um well, I mean, and I know this is the idea because this is what they've talked about, is that the objectives are there to facilitate engagement, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you're not two squads of ships out on the town collecting objectives. You're two squads of ships fighting over objectives, right? Like, the fighting is still a fundamental key part of the game, right? And you won't succeed if you're not, like, fighting to win. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, um, yeah. and, they're, and they're not, I mean, you're right, like... To me, when reading it, and I feel like, you know, AMG, yes, I love you, but even FFG, I feel like they should hire someone who could just word everything a little better. Oh, we can yes. jump on that another day. Uh, no, that, that, that actually, that's a problem <clears throat> endemic to wargaming in general. Yeah. Pick up pick up a Games Workshop uh, codex, and now to, to get the rules for something like Warhammer 40k, you have to buy a hardcover book. Okay, and that book is full of the same convoluted text and errors and typos and stuff that needs correction in the next in the following weeks after a release as as these X-Wing rules. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's just an easier way to explain things. There is just a a dearth of copy editors. Right. But for for (laughs) the last two, there's salvage mission and then there's uh, scramble the transmission. So long story short, we could explain it. But real quickly, when I first read them, I was. Like, I don't know what's going on, but I was maybe overwhelmed with everything that was happening. Right. With all the changes. So I watched on stream the uh, the Cherokee Open, the the final four, like, like two of those. Yeah, you, you were talking to me about this. Yeah. Yeah. And they, <laughs> and by the way, like really shout out to the, the uh, Dials and Dice, DAD. Dad, Dad uh, Gaming, Dials yeah. and Dice Gaming. Yep. But I, I played their online tournaments. They have great, great prizes. The guy, I think his name is Stephen Parker. He does a great job of running stuff. And he put this together. So he was he was nice enough to stream everything there. I watched it. And then I was just like, you know what? Just watching it and what they're doing, it's a lot simpler than how it reads on paper. So I think once we get one or two of these objective games like under your belt, yeah, it'll be fine. It's a lot. I, I think. It, I think it's a thing we have to learn. The um, the just just the briefest briefest overview of the last two scenarios are like you said, salvage mission, which is essentially a like a snatch and grab style mission, right? Mm-hmm. You you instead of instead of just maintaining control of a point, you're gonna grab a, a token off the board and it, it gets attached to a ship, and then you know it can be if that ship is destroyed, it's dropped. That ship can jettison it. They can drop it themselves. Or, or if you get a critical hit on, on the, uh, the target ship, they'll drop their cargo. Right. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of each round, you get points for how much cargo you're currently carrying. Right. Um, and the very last one I think is probably the most complex, although not, it's not crazy. It, it reminds me actually of a lot of like video game stuff. In fact, did mm-hmm. you ever play, um, the old, not the current Star Wars Battlefront games, but the old Star Wars Battlefront games. Do you ever play those? No, probably. Um, okay, so I was a fighting, yeah. fighting. I was a Street Fighter, Street, uh, street Fighter boy. Ports. Yeah. Well, so, yeah, so first in, person shooters like SOCOM, uh, Doom. In the, well, SOCOM DOD. actually, I think had like uh, had had point control stuff, right? Oh, they had all that, yeah. Yeah. So the idea is in Scramble the Transmissions is. Uh, you, you basically, you could take control of a point, right? And then it remains under your control until the opponent takes it back, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, you, you, you start the game, you flip some stuff to your side, 
And then you go hunting, like you go try and kill your opponent and kind of guard your objective markers while trying to kill them and steal their objective markers. And meanwhile, they're trying to kill you and steal your objective markers. So like, um, you know, my my point that I score that's closer to my end, like early on, will keep scoring me points until the opponent gets in there and changes that. Right. Mm -hmm. And, And, you know, and then you have to kind of decide, like. Am I going to abandon these points and go for the kills? Am I going to stick around and, you know, try and, and, and keep uh, keep hold of things or whatever, right? Yeah. All in all, the, the, the scenarios are adding that element of where before it was like, okay, maybe if I'm AC, I can camp around and kill time. Yes, or I think, a, yeah, I think gone are the days where you have these very slow play, not slow play like you're slow playing someone, just just general like leisurely meandering openings where it's like, you know, turn one, everybody one forwards, turn two, everybody one forwards, turn three. Then we start to kind of maneuver into place and we, you know, it could be turn four or five before we're engaging. Right. I I don't see that happening. No, not at all. In this, because, and you know, if we go back to theme, right, you go back, you go back to the goal. It's like, we want this to be thematic, right? You, you think about, how often in how often in Star Wars, the movies or the shows, were there just dogfights in the middle of nowhere to be dogfights, right? Ah, and how often were they camping out? Like, hey, you know, let yeah, me see if the X-Men comes towards me. Like, mo- like, it's like, okay, this is an escort mission. This is a supply run. This is a, you know, an assault on the Death Star. Like, <laughs> like there, this is like we're defending ourselves from an attack on Hoth, right? These are missions that they were going on. I, I played also, you know, we go back to video games. I played, you know, the rogue squadron video games, mm-hmm. right? Those were also never just dog fights. They were, they were dog fighting amidst a mission, right? Protect the, the supplies, um, you know, a bombing run, right? You know, like all kinds of stuff. Oh yeah. Um, it's definitely, it's meant to be faster. The, the thing I, I, the thing I don't think they accounted for was yeah. when my match went five rounds, and I don't think it was six. I was like, oh, my gosh, I must be so slow. I'm watching the, the Cherokee Open and listening to the guy also. And they averaged a max of six to maybe eight. Most of them were like six or seven rounds max. Yeah. So when they, when these guys put in 12, if you have a unless you don't have a time limit, which all 20s will have to. You have to. For for logistics, you have to have a time. You're never going to reach 12 rounds. And and I think it's because, number one, all the triggers set up. And on top of that, the uh, you're going, you're you're counting the scores and it takes a long time because people are putting more ships on the mat. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I, I think, so I do think that with time, I think as time goes on, that stuff will get faster. Right. Like mm-hmm. I really, I really think that that will be something that happens. But I don't think it'll get four or five rounds faster. No, no, I just meant, I, I meant like um, getting to your round five mm-hmm. will happen faster, right? Mm-hmm. And the other thing I think might happen, I mean, this this will, you know, we have to wait and see on this. But the other thing that might happen is that the better we get at it, the better we get at denying, uh, you know, points to to opponents and the better we get at, you know, strategically gathering objective points and chip points for, you know, for our side, you're going to get a lot closer games and you're going to end up with a lot with, you know, games that maybe it's like tied at 20 points at the end of a round. And then you go and have to go into the next round to see who tie breaks. You know what I mean? 
Mm-hmm. I, th- I think as we players get better at this style of gameplay, we'll see that start to emerge, right? Like it would not shock me to see like a final go to 12 rounds because both players are playing very effectively and good. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. On, on top of that, it, it I mean, everything is just longer, uh, but like turn zero now, that's even more important, but I personally have no clue how to master that at all or strategize about it. But my, my only thought is <laughs> when there's an objective in the center, I want to put an obstacle, a big rock, kind of blocking the opponent's ability to five straight boost to that center obstacle. Right. So little little things like that, like when you're when you're placing the the obstacles. But but I'm saying now that takes into more account. So before it was like, all right, so my turn zero with obstacles is all right, I see what kind of list he has. Now we're adding another element to it. And mind you, in tournaments, this is this scenario is going to be changing each round. Not each round, but you know what I mean, like each match. So player, yeah, first yeah, match each are playing match, you, yeah. like a matcher might be playing. Uh, now you're a, you're a TO. Let me ask you this: Do you envision having like uh, you know you're holding your host? Let's say you're hosting a four round tournament, like a local store tournament. Do you say, hey, round one for everyone is going to be chance engagement? Round two for everyone is going to be assault of the satellite array, and so on and so forth, right? Or do you randomize it each round? Or do you have each table randomize it for themselves? Personally, I would randomize each round at the beginning. Each, each, and then have have everyone do the same objective. Right. I think that's okay. easier and collective. I'm not sure what what they're doing at Adepticon or actually, no. I think I, I kind of read up on that. Um, they they they're they're having a dice where a crit or a hit might mean one thing, uh, yeah. focus might be another, something like that. They're having that. They're having, they're like rolling off. To they see have the like, yeah. Bit. They have like maybe the first one will be set, but then after that. They'll have uh, options for what you roll. Uh, so, yeah, I'm just gonna I'm gonna have it randomized. I I think in the beginning as a TO is just making it as smooth as possible, uh, uh, because everyone will also be a little more uh, new to the rules. Now I, I will say uh, I, I'm so they they have said that uh, tournament guidance is coming shortly, right? Like in due time, right? Like. Uh, there will be official tournament guidelines and guidance on this sort of thing, uh, like f- a new tournament floor rules document, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which I, I expect would include some sort of guidance on scenario selection for a standard tournament, right? Um, you know, sorry, t- for the standard format tournament, you know? Uh, the other thing that's interesting to think about is, um, so Star Wars Legion, right? Another fine FFG turned AMG product. Um, has has obje- has scenarios in it, has objectives, and it has battlefield conditions. Like it has it has things, and the way that game works is, uh, you shuffle up, like you know, as part of your list building, you actually select and bring objectives with you, but you shuffle them all together, and you lay them out into rows, and then player one gets to like veto one. Player two gets oh, to veto no. one. Too much. Too, too and much. And then, well, so this is, I'm saying this is how Legion goes, right? Like, you know, player one vetoes one, player two vetoes one. And then depending on how you dealt them out, whatever the leftmost one is what happens, right? So, you know, for X-Wing, I could certainly see a, a scenario, like something like, you know, you each each player gets to eliminate one of the four scenarios and then you flip a die between the remaining two. And Waste that's of time. Waste of time. You think so? 100% waste of time. And I hope they don't go that route because th- this or is already, I want time. Like the negative I see is I want more time on the mat. 
So the yeah. fun part of before was I get my list, you have your list, we put rocks down and we fly. Even if yeah. we are flying around for 15 minutes trying to find out what you're doing, mm-hmm. now we're spending more time on setting up objectives and also your thing would be like, oh, well, now I could eliminate this scenario. No. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying, like, I'm not giving it a good that. or, I'm not giving it a good or bad rating personally. I'll give it a bad rating. <laughs> no, I, I think we can tell. Um, I'm just saying like, you know, we don't know what it'll end up being, but it, but it also could easily be something like, uh, hey, you know, for, a, they, they might recommend, they say, hey, for a four round tournament, we recommend playing one of each scenario in each round. You know what I mean? Like, like, you know, that that makes the most sense. That's what I would. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, Hey, we're going to just pick round one is satellites. Round two is chancing. You know what I mean? Just, just pick your order up front Mm -hmm. and then go. And then everybody knows round two means chance against. So if you've built your list to be, you know, particularly good at, at snatch and grab, like particularly good, particularly good at the salvage crate scenario, right? You know, round three is going to be like your really good opportunity to shine and like score a lot of points and win. Right. Because uh, we also don't know, uh, you know, how MOV changes, right? How MOV and like strength of schedule changes with this uh, as as tiebreakers, because, you know, at the end of the tournament, you have two people who went four and oh, right. Who wins, you know? Um, yeah. So they um, that's something like you read my mind. I've been going crazy trying to find out what Cherokee was doing for tiebreakers and what Adepticon is. And I finally found out for Cherokee, they just did a cut. So they said mm-hmm. everyone, I think that has a like a graduated cut, like a, no, 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 everyone, everyone that has like a certain record. I think it was maybe three and three, for example. Right, right. That, that's what they're calling graduated cut. Right. Okay. So everyone with that makes the cut. Yep. After that, um, tiebreakers. Like for example, I believe the finals had a tiebreaker that would just simply because it's the playoffs go into another round. Got it. Another round. Whoever has the most quote unquote victory points, condition points, wins. Well, then it's, you know, you know, that's the interesting thing, too, um, is like, you know, because that 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 could be like margin of victory could come into play in sort of a different way in in a in a tournament without a cut, because you could say, like, let's say, you know, you and I play a game. Right. And I score 18 points and you Mm -hmm. score 20 points. Right. So you win. But what if I took those 18 points with me? Right. Because I was really close to winning. And then in subsequent games, I won 20 points each time. And then you lost a couple more games. At the end of the day, like I might have a record of three wins and one loss at 18 points. That's going to put me at 78 points for the day. And you might have a record of three wins and one loss at 16 points, right? So that puts you at a total of 76 points for the day. Do you know what I'm saying? No, yeah. Right? yeah. And, I think- it's, it's then, and then you compare a record. You'd be like, oh, you know, Pete actually scored more points total. Right. Mm-hmm. Despite, you know, despite having a three and one record, same as Chris has a three and one record, you know, it's like, oh, Pete scored two more points overall throughout the day. Therefore, that's the tiebreaker. Right. Like like the theoretical this is all theoretical. Right. Yeah. Um, that, but stuff, I think I think I think we'll, we'll get it. I think this tournament rules will include some sort of guidance on a system like that. I'm sure they would. But um, Adepticon is doing. Yeah. What's Adepticon doing? Yeah, they're doing if you get a win, that's three, uh-huh. three points. Okay. If you get a draw, that's one point. If you lose, you're just a loser. You get zero points. <laughs> zero points, yeah. Okay. <laughs> you get zero points. The tiebreakers, and it shows it in order of importance. They says strength of schedule. And then it's similar to what you is is what you just said, combined mission points. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. And that and that makes so a lot of could, sense to it me. It could play it could play a factor. It, but the, you know, we, in, we have to get used to draws now, potentially. 
Well, if you're not doing a cut from from what I hear from old man Sam, uh, draws used to be a thing. Oh wow! In one one point oh, and then eventually they got rid of them because they came up with final salvo as a tiebreaker, right? So there were no more draws. Um, but as as you know, per the devs' conversation on the Fly Better podcast, they they're not they're going to get rid of final salvo, right? And what replaces it, we don't know. No, I, I think <clears throat> for large tournaments, uh, it makes the most sense to get that what you said a graduated cut. Mm-hmm. And then just have them play until they, you know, if if it is a tiebreak at the end of the of the time, sure, and play another round until the tie is broken. Absolutely, for, no, absolutely, yeah, that makes the most sense to me. For us, like I'm, I'm a little, uh, I don't know, <laughs> for like a local tournament, like with eight people. Yeah, well, so so stuff like strength of schedule um, has always so like margin of victory uh, doesn't make a ton of sense as a tiebreaker right now because. So, you know, if you just totally beat up your opponent, you get way more points than if you, like, won a really hard-earned win. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, you right. get more MOV for just walloping someone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, which doesn't make a ton of sense, right? Because you, because really, it seems like the person who had the really hard-fought win, like, played harder or had a harder day, right? So, like, that higher strength of schedule means that you basically play, face tougher opponents. But naturally, it's like, it, it correlates inversely with, <laughs> with margin of victory because it's like if you had tougher opponents you had closer games right yeah yeah uh so i i, th- I think i fall on the side of strength of schedule being a better ah, a better I- tiebreaker than mm-hmm. mov but i think combined mission points is also probably a really good tiebreaker because you know because that would also like in my example before that's really representative of how well you did even in your losses yeah but i mean is, is it even possible to have a tie in strength of schedule I have no idea. Like, if so, then I guess you would go by mission points. But I think I think anything is possible. And if you if you dream it, Chris, you can believe it. It could happen. It, it could happen. That's right, guys. Remember out there, you gotta believe. You gotta believe in yourselves. All right. So one thing I wanted to do today was we talked a lot about squad building changes. We talked a lot about how different everything was. I wanted us each to pick one ship. I don't want to go over lists right now because well. It's eleven forty-five at night because yeah. my internet we, went we, out. You we, know, we apologize to everyone. We will we'll, we'll definitely dive in more and have a guess and stuff for the next one. This is yeah. can't, this is a uh, this is a, a quick new rules one hundred and one. It's a new diving rules into it. Uh, but before before we get into that, we're each going to talk about a ship that we are really excited to fly in two point five. And I will say, uh, but first, I want to have a quick word about a local event. Uh, so, New York City, New Jersey, Connecticut. Parts of Pennsylvania, get ready. We are having a the first New York City X-Wing 2.5 tournament at the Carcosa Club in Brooklyn. Uh, if you want to join us, we totally recommend it. Uh, it's going to be a great time. I am just looking it up right now. If you go to carcosaclub.com, you can uh, go to the events page and you can look up on March 6th, X-Wing 2.5. The event is called Welcome X-Wing 2.5. Uh, it's $15 for non-club members. The Carcosa Club is a, a, co- a board game co-op club. Um, so there's no staff. There's very little uh, retail that happens through it. It's just a gaming space. Um, but yeah, if you are if you are in the New York, New Jersey area, I, I think you should come join us. Come play some 2.5. Marek, who has been on the podcast, is the one TOing and hosting this event. And he actually went out. He got acrylic object- objective tokens for the top four players. 
these are front and back. Nice prizes. He told me about it. Yeah. Nice prize. Yeah. Front, front and back acrylic for the top four players uh, of the day that have on one side, they have salvage crates and on the other side, they have satellites, right? So these are new for 2.5. These are the recommended like imagery to have on your objective tokens. They're printed by curled paw creatives. Um, very popular Etsy shop for, for cutting acrylic and for the top 32 players, which truthfully, I might not have more than 32 players. He has a uh, acrylic strain and uh, deplete tokens for you to take home. So there, like, there's there's some plastic prizes for everybody, right? Like there, and uh, he'll also have a lots of the um, 2020 store champs uh, kit, the um, the alt art cards for Kylo Ren, uh, Lieutenant LaHughes, and I believe Omega Squadron Expert. Yeah, that right, he'll have a bunch of stuff. And yeah. he told me, or I read, I think there is potentially room for forty people if he had to. So yeah, so yeah, so right, yeah, so there's Welcome plenty to of New York, room. Everyone, come on, plenty, in. plenty of room at this place to play. He has it reserved for up to forty people. But if you want to be a part of it, hop on to CarcosaClub.com, look under the events page, and 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 sign, buy your ticket, and then also go on Tabletop.to. And search for Welcome X Wing 2.5. Find the event there, and you can uh, you can sign up on there. So once he has, once he has a good headcount, he can reserve it. He can actually reserve a little over forty players in this place. I think it can it can handle like forty eight. But they they like they like to know a headcount before before the event happens. So I'm going to put a link. I'm going to put a link to the event uh, in in the description here. I'll put a link to the tabletop to event. And I will put a link to the Carcosa Club event page. Uh, but man, I'm going to be there. Chris, you going to be there? No, no, I'll, I'll be in on an airplane going to Florida. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, I, that that means that I have a chance of winning. That means I have a chance <laughs> to win to take home those tokens. Nobody else show up. I want to win. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm very excited. I'm really, I'm really excited to uh, to try this new this new world. Uh, yeah. So March 6th, our local event. I'm really excited for this March 6th Carcosa Club in Brooklyn. Join us. Check the uh, check the event description. Check the podcast description rather for a link to the event. Um, and if you're not part of the New York City Discord, come join us there. It's where events get posted. Um, also on the New York City X Wing Facebook group, another place to to keep an eye out for events like this. But yeah, so let's talk ships, Chris. What ship are you excited for in X Wing 2.5? Which I'm sticking to the 2.5 nomenclature. I know you were saying it's a whole new game, but they're they're calling it 2.5 and i haven't had to buy anything to replace my gear so i'm calling it 2.5 yeah no, that's good yeah there's a couple there was okay. one that i saw immediately that is not very good but i just felt good because i'm giving like honorable mentions obviously uh, okay so hit me i'm going to say i'm going i'll say the the main one in a second okay I, i'm a first order guy so i no one is used to having either even the Imperial TIE Fighters or the First Order TIE Fighters having anything except their regular gun. So I'm going through the pilots, and all of a sudden I'm like, Static has a cannon? Like, what are you talking about? Now, Hell he, yeah. he kind of sucks, unless he has, like, somebody coordinates him. But for a TIE Fighter to have, like, a cannon, uh, there's another there's another uh, fighter that has, like, missiles. I thought that was really cool, so... No, hang on. Really can, cool. I, can I actually just... Uh, so static is the one that if you spend your target lock in focus, you can switch all your stuff to crits, right? Yes. And static has a cannon slot now. Yeah. So imagine heavy laser uh, cannon 
and somehow he has a target lock and a focus on it. Well, it doesn't matter. No, no, no. Because heavy laser cannon. Yeah. No, 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 no. Let's let's pull it back. Let's imagine auto blasters. There we go. And he gets out of that arc, and he has that bullseye. You're dropping four unblockable crits. Yeah. That's that makes static somehow still terrible. Don't take static, but <laughs> less terrible. Static less is less terrible. terrible, everyone. Somehow. <laughs> Less terrible, only for three points. But my guy is uh, uh, Crispus is 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 has uh, impacted me with this Major Von Rag. Oh, He's on the Major rag. Major Von Rag. Yeah, yeah. You played Major Von Rag at the tournament we played together at Sunday. Yeah, you played him with just uh, just Daredevil. Right. So upgrade. how we, many upgrades does he get now, though? No, he has the same amount of upgrades, except he has an extra. No, actually, I shouldn't say that. He has an extra talent slot, so he has two talent slots. And he has two modification slots. Now, I've always said this about Major Von Rick. He's very talented. Yeah. Ba-dum. Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> peep, peep. But, and now, he has, he has the same slots, but he gets 18 points of upgrades. Yeah, that's so that's the fun part. It's like, yeah. you can make this guy... He was already annoying, and now he's full of of stuff to just be 10 times more annoying. Now he's a beast. Proud tradition with pattern analyzer. He could do that. Deuterium, whatever cells, or you could just put more shields and hull on him. I mean, there's so many options. So that's who well, I'm yeah. And, and what's what's interesting too is they got rid of variable uh, scaling for upgrade costs. Like upgrades are just the same. The yeah. scaling ta- the scaling takes place on the on the pilot now, rather right, rather than on the upgrade itself. So like shield upgrade is six points. I don't care who you are, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which is interesting because you know, as we know from FFG days is shield upgrades value increases as the agility increases, right? Because you are more likely to hold on to that shield, right? Mm-hmm. One pilot I'm excited for, just a, just a general ship chassis I'm excited for, is the lat. I love You know, I love the lat. We've talked about this before. I love lats in general, but this guy, Hawk, a lat I've never flown. Actually, that's not true. I've flown him once. But... Oh my gosh. Traditionally, traditionally with the lat, you know... The strategy was you take the lat for the ship ability. So you take the cheapest one available or you take Warthog, right? Because Warthog is the one that lets generics live longer. So you take you take the cheapest one available or you take Warthog and then you put very few upgrades on them. You don't put a ton of upgrades. You know, I put like an Agile Gunner on there or I put like some combination of like Ghost Company 5s on there, Clone Commander Cody, right? You just put a couple upgrades, nothing too crazy, right? Because you don't mm-hmm. want your lat to be this big points pinata. Okay. All the lats are five squad points. Okay. Except for Warthog. Warthog is six. But Hawk is an I4. He's five squad points and he has 23 loadout points. Yeah. So I'm I'm excited. I'm excited. They got double missile slot, double crew, double cunner, talent upgrade, modification upgrade. You can put barrage rockets on him. You could put barrage rockets and a Jedi crew. You could put shield upgrade. You could put all kinds of stuff on this guy and it's really it's suddenly this is gonna feel like the gunship it's meant to feel like like it's like it it previously it felt like kind of like a little space cow right just kind of (laughs) just puddling along you know i i um shout out to brian from east coast gamers Uh, happy birthday to brian it was his birthday at the this this uh this tournament this past weekend but he and i were joking uh while we were playing we had a great game together we were we were joking while we were playing that you know sometimes 
you imagine the sound a ship makes in space because I was flying Finn in the pod, who's basically flying like the Ford Annoying. Fiesta of space, right? He's just this tiny little nothing car. We were joking; it makes kind of like uh like a little sound, right? I I make that joke for the lats as well that they're making kind of like a you know like when a a boat is like leaving leaving the dock and it's just kind of like very slowly getting that, out, kind of like Anakin, kind of like Anakin's pod racer when it was like malfunctioning. Yeah, yeah, just <laughs> just like the very slow, like this is what this is what the lat does. It's just this little dinky, little like slow ship. But now it's this big rocking missile carrier. Now it's just like a, a a a force to be reckoned with, right? Like if you run into a lat, you're in trouble now, um, which is like really exciting to me. Like it's it suddenly lives up to its name of gunship, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then and- that's the exciting thing about the game. I mean, the ships that you like. You could mm-hmm. just pimp them out. Totally. You could pimp them out. Yeah. Um, some other, so another ship that's interesting. So this actually ties together. We've talked about like the ban list, right? So on the ban list is the card Delta 7B, the configuration card, Delta 7B. Mm-hmm. And it's it says banned in standard and extended. Now, this is like a little misleading because the card itself is not, the, the card is banned, right? But. It's just two ships now, yeah. It's just two ships now, yeah. So they, 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 instead of dealing with how do you cost Delta 7B the upgrade versus how do you cost uh, calibrated laser targeting, they just said these are two different chassis, right? So, you know, for example, in the Delta 7, you get a Barris Offy, right? Um, as three points, and she gets seven loadout. But if you go to the Delta 7B, She's five points and she gets 10 loadouts. So she gets like other stuff in the 7B beyond just the two shields and the and the flip-flopped attack and defense dice, right? Yeah. You know, she she gets other stuff and and she gets different loadout options, right? Uh you you drop down the list and like suddenly Anakin Skywalker in Delta 7B is playable, right? He's eight points, which is supremely expensive, right? Like that's a very expensive ship, but it's a very powerful ship that to a degree almost wasn't playable in the old system, right? He had been so priced out because of uh, the power of that 7B configuration. Now he's equivalent to like a like a, a Vader and a TIE Advanced or along those lines. Uh, right, it's which, funny, which, how, it's which funny. is like kind of how it applies. Yeah, it's funny, yeah. No, well, it's, I was going to say, it's funny how y- you went the route of now I could fly Anakin, pimped out. He's, yep. he's only eight points. And to me, when I saw this difference... I was like, oh, wow, I could fly Ahsoka in the regular Delta 7 just for like four points. And Right, yeah, yeah. That, that's also exciting. Yeah, and to me, and, I'm like, I could put calibrated lasers just for free. All, all the title cards are free now, like the configuration wow. ones. But I yep. could put, uh, to me, I've just been dying to do this combination of shatter shot. Shattering man, shot. Shattering shot with the cal- calibrated lasers. Or anybody sure. with force. And I'm like, oh, man, that... If you're adding the focus, and then on top of that, if you get that shattering shot off, you're adding basically two focus for a strip well, with only four possible points. I mean, and importantly, like, um, Ahsoka is a great uh, uh, chopper, car- Republic uh, chopper carrier. Mm-hmm. And so that still fits, right? You know, and you still got one point left over. You could do, uh, you know, instinctive aim or, well, instinctive aim is not going to do anything. But you, could do, you could do predictive shot, which is like a terrible upgrade. But you don't have to fill out your loadout points. That's the other thing is... Um, when they announced deficit scoring, we were all like, oh, well, we'll always just take munitions failsafe or something 
to go to 200 points instead of having a 199 right. list, right? Little did we know <laughs> that, that this is where we'd end up. So now giving up one point out of 20 points is actually a big deal, right? Uh, that gives your opponent like a distinct advantage. Uh, and every faction has has these filler ships. Like they have at least one ship that costs only two points. Uh, nobody has any ships that cost one point. And only Imperials and uh, CIS have generics that cost two points. Mm-hmm. So like in, in Republic, the two-point ship is Contrail in the... Uh, in the V-Wing, which I'm very excited about because I like Contrail in general. And then over on Rebels, it's Lieutenant Blount and it's it's Hobby in the A-Wing. Those are both two points only. And these two-point guys, they don't get any loadout. So there's two points. Um, and I, I, I haven't looked oh, at Oh, and Rebels, uh, does, isn't Blount like two points? Or As not? I said, Blount, yeah, Blount, oh, Blount is two points. That's amazing. And, and That's Hobby. a steal. Uh, it's a total steal. It's an absolute total steal. I totally agree. Um, and then meanwhile, you know, you look at... Um, Empire, they have the Obsidian Squadron pilot, the TIE Fighter, and Night Beast, the TIE Fighter, both two points, right? So it's like there's options here. For Philly, there's yeah. options. There's options for Swarm players, right? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, in some ways, Swarms are going to be potentially more powerful. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was, when I looked at, uh, I was geeking out on that, that Cherokee Open, and all the lists, I'm telling you, they had five six ships that was like the norm and it was like rebel beef the the numbers were static there was no first order which i was very disappointed but i mean they i'm telling all the ships it was average at least five minimum for so many of them had five or six ships it seemed to be the norm (laughs) i uh just for fun i put together a list earlier today that uh or maybe i put it together yesterday i can't remember it uh it it was a six ship rebel list and one of the ships is Chewbacca in the Falcon, <laughs> which just seems insane to me to have a Millennium Falcon and then five other ships. Now, I don't think that's the optimal play. I actually, think, I, I am I'm really trying to look for uh, a list that's you know a Falcon and four ships. Like that's pretty viable. So I think having that big base would be good because you know like the Millennium Falcon can move. Like like that thing mm-hmm. can kind of book it. Um. So I don't. I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited for the future. Excited! I'm excited to play some some more X Wing. Excited for the future. Um, do we have a tip of the week this week? Do we know? Oh crap! With two point five, the tip uh, of the week is to stay patient. <laughs> X Wing tip of the week from Yaxby. Uh, stay patient. Another tip of the week: don't let your internet go out right before you record a podcast. <laughs> tip of the week. <laughs> Um, yeah, I didn't think of, I, I've been so my mind has been in a state of flux with 2.5. So I, I, I should you're, go you're riding high, you're riding high on 2.5. I'm excited. Are you excited, Chris? Net, net positive or negative on these changes? What do you think? I, know, land? I will say overall, definitely positive. That's great. Me too. There are definitely, like, I, I will say, I mean, just to give voice to some of the frustrations, right? Like, um, Here's a frustration I totally agree with that people have is in standard, the tie bomber and the Lambda shuttle never got reprinted. Right. Mm -hmm. So like these are original trilogy ships for the empire, like iconic looking ships that you just can't play in standard right now. And that that's like a, that's a real frustration because I'm sure there's someone out there uh, more than one, someone who's like, I really like the tie bomber and I really like the Lambda shuttle, right? Like these are like ships that mean a lot to me as a player. Right. And it's like to have that taken out of standard is a bummer. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, and I, and I guess like that and a couple of like key pilots were banned, like Han Solo, like you mentioned, Hera. But I'm sure that they basically alluded to it's not impossible that they could come out with a print of the same pilot yeah. just have a different ability, which is fine. Something that I was disappointed in, uh, just yeah. a, a negative, would be uh, amount of rounds that we get in. Like, I'm, I'm hoping, I'm, I, well, I'm, I'm positive, you... I'm optimistic that that will increase. Yeah. But um, that was just something that I wasn't expecting. It's, it's, I think it's minimum of 12 rounds. <laughs> well, Listen, maximum, 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 maximum 12 rounds. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's going to get faster. I think overall the games will be shorter, though. Right. Like I, th- I think I think that the games of 2.5, uh, I think fewer games once we get good at it, I think fewer games will go to time. And and I think that those those games will be quicker. Right. Which I actually don't know. I don't know how I feel about that yet, because I want to see mm-hmm. how I want to talk to me in a year about how about how I feel about it when we're all pretty good at this game. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because if if I go to what was traditionally uh, a three-round tournament, and suddenly we can do five rounds because games are substantially quicker. You know what I mean? Like, I'll feel good about that because I'll get to play more opponents. I'll get to meet more people. That social aspect is really important to me. But if, if you talk to me in a year, it's like that three-round tournament is now three-round tournament, except it's like, an hour shorter because the games are so much faster. We just don't play more. We just like spend less time out. Like I'll feel bad about that. You know, I don't know. You're, you're very optimistic about them being f- much faster. I don't think. They're no, I'm, 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 I'm using examples, but I'm just saying, or even if that three round tournament becomes a four round tournament, like there just becomes time. Like there comes enough time to add more play time in. Mm-hmm. That'll be exciting to me. That'll be a positive. I'll keep my fingers crossed. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. We'll have to see what happens, right? Uh, we are going to end it here, though, because uh, it's, it's now af- it's after midnight. It's the witching hour. Turning into pumpkins. Um, you should talk to your doctor about that. If you turn into a pumpkin <laughs> for more than four hours, you should talk to your doctor. They have cream for that, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, family. that's right. <laughs> uh, this has been yet another X-Wing podcast. Uh, sorry for the technical difficulties. Thanks for tuning in, as always. Uh Check out the links in our episode description for links to the Carcosa Club event, the first New York City X-Wing 2.5 event hosted by a friend of the podcast, Merrick. Very, very excited for that. Thank you, Merrick, for, for setting this up on such short notice and for getting such great prizes for the community. I think that's a really great thing. Um, once again, uh, happy birthday, Minka the Cat. Happy birthday, Frannick. <laughs> and happy birthday to you, listener. If today is your birthday, happy birthday. There you go. I care about you, and I want you to be happy. Chris, any last words to the people out there? That is it. Have a good night. Have a good day. Signing off. All right. Signing off. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening. Hey, so what's this movie you watched? Oh, man. Well, you're into movies. It's uh, Coda. It's one of all those. It it was nominated a lot. It won a ton of. won some awards. It had. um, won some Grammys? No. It was uh, like uh, movie awards. It had. um, It's by Apple Plus. And it was about uh, like deaf people. Like they they just. But it was a movie concentrating on a family that's mostly deaf. Oh, my wife would probably be interested.